Hello and welcome to Into the Void with Will Adolfi. Today I chatted with Joanna Gilbert. Joe is an artist and a marketing manager for the incredible non-profit iHeart. After seeing some of her artwork on my newsfeed, I, I just had to get her on. It's truly incredible and really caught my eye. So I feel very lucky to have sat down with her. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and her message is just it's utterly inspiring. So without further ado, Joanna Gilbert. Well, Joe, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and giving me your time. I really appreciate this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you. I've, I've just got to be honest. I'm very excited to, to have you here um, for a number of reasons. But I have been just admiring your, your artwork now for a, a good couple of months. And I've, I've got to say, I, I'm not one that really... Uh, considers myself an appreciation of, of paintings and art and um, but when I was scrolling down my my Facebook newsfeed I genuinely could not help myself but click on your paintings and your work because <laughs> it was just so striking um, and I've never had that before with with pieces of art so I just wanted to say I don't know congratulations <laughs> because it's uh, I find it incredible and I thought that would be a, a good place to start just to hear about your journey as an artist, where it all began, where you first kind of maybe picked up a paintbrush or started to realise that this was a, a medium that you'd love to express yourself in. Um, well, thank you. That's really nice to see that like the art that I paint resonates with people. And I think that's the beautiful thing about art, especially abstract art. You don't have to have any knowledge um, for something to connect. And I often ask people like what they see in the artwork. And it's yeah. so interesting to hear what what comes back. And inevitably, like I see the same thing. So there is definitely a connection there. Mm. Um, so what do you see? <laughs> like, can you explain? Can you remember one in, in particular, like, or, or, or yeah. kind of a general feeling that you got? <sighs> 100%. I mean, first off, I just find it very aesthetically pleasing, the colours and just your website as well. Um, and I've even watched a video of you creating it, which I found fascinating. And it was like a 20 minute video and I tuned in for a good 10 minutes. Uh, but I think <laughs> it's just your ability to paint something that it really resonates with like the messiness of my mind, but also there's clarity within it. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like there's messy clarity is what I get when I look at your work. Um, and it just captures something. I, I just want to look at it quite simply. I just want it above my fireplace. If I've got, when I get my first home, that's what I want to see. I don't know why, <laughs> but I've actually had a fantasy about having one of your paintings in my house. So, <laughs> when, I, when I get a uh, when I get a paycheck in, Joe, you're going to be hearing from me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, no problem. I'll, I'll look after you. I promise. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
Um, yeah, so uh, people do connect with the mind as well. And I think that's interesting that you're talking about clarity because in the artwork that I create, there's light and dark. And um, that's got lots of similarities within life. Well, I, I see a lot of similarities within like life. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of say that you can't, you can't have one without the other. Um, and again, I see a lot of similarities about life and my day-to-day -day experience with what I paint and I make these connections to the art that I create and a number of people reference, um, kind of biblical undertones. They see a lot of, they see a lot of that in them, um, a lot of kind of spiritual, um, awakened energy. Um, yeah. So there's a lot about the mind that comes through the art that I create. And um, it's really only come about, I've been an artist for about 10 years, but really it kind of kicked, kicked into its own force of energy. Um, probably just before I did my master's at Chelsea, which is one of the top London universities. And I did that 2017 and 18. And just prior to that, I was really developing as an artist, but that really propelled me um, mm. to the next stage and gave me a lot of foundations and context, which is what you're, we're seeing the benefits of all that hard work from then. Right, that's amazing. So let's just jump back to sort of you a couple of years in and um, how, contrasting is your work kind of then in comparison to the work that I'm seeing now when I go on your website for example there's been um quite a nice um progression because I started off by being really inspired by architecture and I love um looking at buildings and the way that buildings are made especially yeah. really contemporary ones like Zaha Hadid like I would just go and draw or sketch out her buildings. I love bridges as well. Um, so I moved from um, looking at buildings to then getting inspired by the urban culture and street art. Um, and then I went to actually, from a trip I had in Miami, I was really interested in street art and graffiti. And um, I went to um, an art Basel out there in Miami and there was a music and there was a sound and there was a culture and there was a whole experience that went with Miami. Wow. And then that formed um, a slightly different progression where I painted from music and experience and memory. Wow. So I went from move, painting something that I saw with a lot of research and photographs that I used as um, stage one of a process, if you like, to kind of really absorbing the whole experience and um, kind of purging it out as yeah. a kind of form of art, I suppose. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. So that's where I really introduced music into my practice. What sort of music are we talking, Joe? Um, it's very. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what people are going to say. <laughs> like kind of trance, trancey techno. Um, wow! It, it helps me go into a zone, really. Uh, 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I've tried. To, I've tried to. Um, I can't. Pa- I can't paint to pop. I can't yeah. paint to drum and bass. I've really tried that. Um, wow. I definitely can't paint to jungle. Um, so I'm definitely more chilled in this kind of ambient trance, soft techno um, kind of vibe. That that kind of zones me out into a nice space, <laughs> and so that's <laughs> where I forget about the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'd love to just touch on yeah the the process, the actual process of your pay, which I've seen briefly on your, on your Facebook. You uploaded, and I could vaguely hear the techno actually. Now that you you mention it, um, <laughs> you have to send me a recommendation yeah. of that because I do like that sort of stuff as well when I'm on my runs. Um, but it seems uh, like yeah i've got a great running list yeah no i'll share you... my playlist i'll share my playlist that's oh, fine please do that tom yeah yeah tom loves it <laughs> <laughs> great well we'll whack it in the uh, the rep the show notes if anyone fancies uh, yeah it cool. <laughs> but no yeah please do do tell us um w- what that process is for you because it does seem like you are it seems like a sort of meditation of sorts. It seems quite spiritual what I'm watching. It's like you're connecting with something within you and, you, you know, it's, you're entering a, a flow state and that music is kind of illuminating that. It's a part of the journey. Is that is that right? Am I on the right page? Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true because I have to always have my headphones on and I sit down and I'll just look at what's in front of me which will be a canvas um generally big generally um or it just could be so either stretched or or just staple gun to the wall and and i will just look at it and that's pure potential like i don't know what's going to happen um i'm not saying that i don't have any control over it because obviously i do have control and i've got experience and i've got practice and and i've got so i know what i'm doing but then i don't know what i'm going to do if that makes sense yes definitely wow okay that's and how does your day-to-day life like for example if you've had a if you've had a shit day right if something hasn't gone right or you're a bit stressed or the opposite, you're having one of those days where it's like, I'm online, you know, I am as, you know, Mike, I've just read Inside Out Revolution, by the way, which Thomas obviously recommended to me. <laughs> so I'm very Michael Neal vocab in my in my ears, but you're online. What what effect does that have on your on your paintings? Are you, does it come out in the splurge? I, I don't know, would that affect it? <laughs> the splurge, I the love splurge. that. Yeah, you know what, if it's, <laughs> my, my mood is, uh, it does, so it, it is affected it is affected i suppose the most obvious way that it's affected um is with my mark making and um the kind of the, the angriness of the marks because sometimes i'm quite kind of forceful and and you know I, yeah. I can just switch and then it can go like just very really graceful and soft and 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 there's this whole dance around a canvas um and things like the outside world do affect us like if it's a really i remember painting on a really wet windy gray horrible day at the beginning of autumn and i like did three paintings that were so inspired by the colors of the leaves on the trees and the skies and the winds and they were very kind of aggressive but they did have that light lightness and hope in them mm. um 
So yeah, a hundred percent. What I'm feeling is is related to what I paint, yeah. and what I see is is related to what I paint as well. And what about afterwards when you've painted? I mean, I'm assuming it's quite draining. I can't imagine you being able to do too many in one day because it feels like very much. I don't know how you would feel if you've performed as an actor and you come off the stage a little bit. I imagine there's a. Does it feel quite um, cathartic? Is there that element of maybe relief afterwards? Um, I suppose, but not so much yeah. I mean but then on the flip side if I've gone for more than two or three weeks without painting I get a bit like cranky <laughs> yeah. and and then it's just like oh but I haven't painted so like I would feel like this mm. but kind of after so and then it's just like oh like these things happen and then you're like oh yeah well of course it um, but after I have painted and I have listened to chants, I basically paint on on a Friday because the other days I use for other elements of my business. Right. Um, but on the Friday, after listening to chants for about seven hours, <laughs> you can imagine I'm, <laughs> it does take me a little bit of time to land yeah, and engage in, a, in an actual conversation um, yeah. because I have been pretty like zoned out for the whole, the whole of the day. And people don't tend to talk to me when I'm painting as well. I share a studio with a group of other professional artists as well. Okay. Um, and um, on a Friday, they kind of know not to come up to me and that's part of the reason why I've got my fat beats headphones on because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be interrupted <laughs> I get you I get you that's uh, it says on your website as well I noticed you paint from the inside which I found really interesting like as opposed to you said at the beginning of your career were you tending to paint what you saw as opposed to going from this sort of inside place and I just wonder if you could touch on is this it goes hand in hand, I feel, with the philosophical vibe that I'm getting from your, your website and your artwork and how that kind of fuels your your journey as a person has kind of, you know, integrated into your journey as, as an artist. That's what I get from when I read your, your work and, and see your paintings. Am I, am I on the right page there again? Or Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're smashing it, Will. <laughs> nice, nice. I've done my homework, Joe. I've done my homework. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So what's in line for 2021? Where, where am I going to be? <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I, you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because, um, again, and there is a there is a mirror image of life. Because if, if I did used to look at um, validation or feedback from the outside world as you do and then all of a sudden I've grown into myself and it's like okay so you know what other people are free to have an opinion and that's great and people will either love what I do or not and that's great not everyone has to love what I do but the people that do what do love what I do they're they're my tribe you know they're the people that I'm meant to do this for so so that's cool. I'm cool with that. So yes, that's what I mean by an inside job. It's like I'm more authentic yeah. um, and real. And I've got more self-belief. Well, I've got self-belief. When where artists don't generally have a lot of faith in themselves mm. or confidence. And I tell you why. It's because they think that in order 
to be a successful artist, they need to sell. Yeah. Um, because maybe they're outsourcing their their success on financial gain. Mm. Wow. So if you if you cut the tie to that, then 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 you're not dependent on someone buying your work to be a successful artist. You can be a successful artist in your own independence. And then, and then you define your true purpose of being an artist. Hmm. Does that make sense? So you've redefined what success means to you, not the world, but to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, because we, yeah, we, we live, if you're living in a world where success is determined by what other people say, um, then you can't... <laughs> You're never going to really live up to the true form of success. Yeah. Unless they're happy. Yeah. And what what do you think, Joe, about this this uh, genius artist? Like you, ha- I've heard it before. You you have to have this fractured soul. This you have to have this suffering in order to be a, you know, a genius. And um, and I just wondered whether you've thought about that before because. I know I've spoken to people that often get quite attached to their identities as people that suffer or feel anxious or depressed. And sometimes I, I feel personally from my observations that I see that because they are artists as well, they feel that that is actually fueling their creativity. Um, and I just wondered, as you've got, as you've started to find yourself more and undoubtedly gained more of clarity in life and your well-being has increased I'm sure has that had any impact on the attainment or the quality of your creativity mm, I don't know if I understand exactly what you're saying because I was still listening to the first point okay and the first point being if I heard you yeah go the the artist's you know, if they're kind of in these low states of well-being, that almost gives them permission to paint. Was that another way of saying what what you were what you were getting at? Yeah, I was. I, I wasn't being clear. What I'm trying to like, there's there's a lot of artists that feel like they have to suffer in order to create like good work, essentially. To be put it simply, and I'm just wondering whether you've had any thoughts on that, and whether you feel like suffering and work go hand in hand or whether you can, you don't have to suffer in order to create, if that makes sense. It's a very broad question. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. No, I don't believe that you have to suffer in order to create. Mm. I think that you just have to believe that you can mm. and then you just have to do. And the, and the, the times when I don't have these... Um, uh, kind of like formulaic thoughts of like, the times when I'm being the most authentic and, I, and I'm being experimental and curious, not from a place of suffering, just from a place of curiosity. That's when my most authentic work happens and that's when magic happens mm. because you're free. Like that, that's the whole thing that you're free to do whatever you want to do. We're all, we've all got this potential. You don't have to, you, do, you don't only get potential if you're suffering or if you're sad. Like you get, you, you're full of potential no matter what. Yeah. Does this relate to 
Freedom, your upcoming art show, I noticed. What's the, because you mentioned free there, I just wondered what's the, how do you go about deciding uh, your art shows and is there a message behind this this upcoming one that people might be interested in? Yeah, I think there's always a message behind every art show that um, I've I've done, for sure. Um, the the gallery did, did, did kind of say to me enough with the, um, the, the salvations though, because my last, yeah. my last show was called limitless and this one's called freedom. <laughs> so, so I don't know what the next one's going to be, but, um, yeah. I think that, yeah, that there is a message because I've been, um, doing a lot of self-discovery and I have kind of like bounced back from all the, the kind of like the trials and, I don't know, tribulations of what life's thrown at me. Mm. Um, and as a result of it, I've become who I am. And <clears throat> what what it means is that nothing ever bad has happened to me because it's all just formed me. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so yes, there is a message. There's always a message. And in my case, it's, it's one of hope um, and freedom because I just can't reiterate it enough. Like <laughs> when I, I lived my whole life feeling like I was restrained or limited or I had to be a certain person or act a certain way or do things in, in because someone else said I had to do them. And then I, then I just kind of woke up and I'm like, but no, like whether they're saying I should do this or whether I'm saying I should do this, like it, it, it's all me. Like I'm putting limits on myself. So when you break free from that, then you are free, and you and you are free to do whatever you want to do. Like it's like I keep. I feel like I keep on saying the same thing again, but it's it's essentially a personal. It's it's a personal message of growth hmm. that I think inspires others with my message of hope. Definitely, definitely. I just wonder. Because this this waking up is is very it's just so powerful, so powerful. And I wondered, and I know there's a real temptation to ask someone, you know, how how did you wake up? Um, so I don't really want to particularly ask that question directly, but <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I do. But what what would you say to someone? Because we grow up in unhappy environments, don't we? Some people, and mm. we learn unhappiness and. I'm talking from personal experience as well here. It's like, what? how can I unlearn it? <laughs> how do I go from, a, quite simply, a pessimist to an optimist? Because a lot of people will be listening to you right now going, this, this is incredible, you know, but how? How do I get there? We're always searching for that that practical how, aren't we? And I just, I just wondered what perhaps your response would be to that. I think that um, you have to see something. And when you've seen it, you're not going to be able to un unsee it. And the truth that I saw was when I actually went to, um, well, I've been involved in a number, I, I, don't, I don't know how kind of personal we need to go, mm. but, I, but I've been involved in a number of kind of incidents, one of which was a, um, a divorce. And it meant that I was really, like my whole world came crashing down and then I was just thinking um instead of reacting to this as a victim 
something just switched inside me and I started to respond. And um, then what that does is that empowered me and it had a ripple effect because people could see that I was standing strong at times when other people would be broken. Mm. And what, what, what that does is um, gives kind of me, well, it gave me more confidence to just know that people generally, people generally are good people. And we don't intentionally go out to hurt people. Obviously, there's, there's a certain group of people you know, <laughs> who, who, who are kind of not very nice people and do a lot of damage and good. And I'm not talking about those people because they've got their own issues. So just kind of put, put them in like somewhere in else. But underlying in a little box. But to be <laughs> quite honest, it just comes from the same point, which is that they're misunderstood. They're not being understood, right? If they were understood or if they had the wisdom or the knowledge to to know what understanding is yeah. and acceptance and love and hope, then they would be the same. They are the same as you and I. But for the purpose of this podcast, there's going to be plenty of people that are like, no, they're not because they're murderers. And I don't want to go down that road. Okay. But I just want to say that underneath all of that, we are all the same people and we all are born the same way. And like you said, we're not born haters, we're not born racists, we're not born murderers, okay? We, we're just born with like balls of, of love <laughs> and, you know, love and laughter, you know, and, and light and connection and humility and that's what happens. And then when we grow up, we just develop insecurity and, and we've got friendship problems and I, I had bad friendship problems and a very bad kind of upbringing at school um yeah. so i had a lot of kind of spirals of confusion but then when i grew older and wiser and i just saw this truth that actually everyone's just trying to do their best and um stuff always doesn't work out the way you want you wanted it to work out but like we don't have that plan like we don't know what's happening all we've got is now so if you bring life back to the present like what are you doing right now to help your you achieve your vision like where where are you going are you heading in the right direction or are you looking in the wrong direction and that's what kind of just is the switch to me like you know that, that kind of brings me back to my point and did it happen like there are some you hear, you know, Eckhart Tolle, for example, he you know, went to sleep a person, woke up a different person. But sometimes I think for most people, this sort of transformation is a, uh, a process that takes place over a period of time. I just wondered for you, was it an aha moment or was it a kind of series of moments or did it happen over a couple of years? And, and is there anything that you do now uh, regularly, I guess this is two questions, to kind of find that presence and that centre that you found? So there was one huge, like groundbreaking domino effect moment where <laughs> everything just literally, you know, when you have that like first domino and then oh, you've yeah. got these two paths and then you just like flip that first one and those two paths just flatten, like oh, that yeah. happened. Yeah. That was huge. And I, and I just remember saying to myself, oh my God, I've done this all to myself. Oh. <laughs> like, like, like I did this to myself, not in an unhelpful way, but just like 
that means I'm free to think anything I want to think. I don't have to think the thoughts that I'm thinking. So when I saw the truth in that, like little more, more things showed up every day and it became like, I literally just, just, it became more and more inbuilt in me or uncovered in me because I think it's always been in me. And then the second question that you had was, no, I don't do any tools or tricks. I don't meditate. I don't, um, like I, I just show up like this. Some <laughs> days I have good days and some days I have bad days. And like, it just depends where I'm at right now. But I don't see a hierarchy of um, happy or sad. Like they're equal. But what I do see is that when I'm sad or frustrated or stressed or worried or anxious or feeling fearful or insecure, um, it doesn't last very long because I know that that's just not how it works and it doesn't define me. Just like when I feel excited and happy um, and, you know, joyful, like I also don't like put a lot of feeling into it. I mean, I feel the feeling, but I don't hold on to it like, oh my God, I've got to feel really happy. You know, if, if this, and what, and what that shows is, you know, if the sun's shining, I see the sun shine and I'm like, wow, if, you know, I notice the clouds. I'm really fascinated by clouds and the, the sky. Mm. Um, and, and I just see I'm more present mm. with, with w- however I show up because you're not longing to be something else. You're just here. Wow. Joe, I'm just wondering how you would respond if I played devil's advocate here. How do I be present um, and... How do I be hopeful when I've got these these negative thoughts that are interjecting, that feel like they're out of my control and they're interjecting on my, my daily experience moment to moment, which I see in, in so many people? That's probably a whole series of podcasts. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very but, true. But first and foremost, like, what, what does it look like you've attached your kind of feeling of being sad happy you know mad too because there'll inevitably be a connection to something right and it might even be um not necessarily even your thought but a thought the society puts on you yeah um so like if if you see kind of what you've attached your feeling of security or insecurity or whatever it is you're feeling to, then you can start to really get curious about that and um, realize that you're kind of okay. I mean, you are okay no matter what. So this freedom that I talk about is a psychological freedom because right now, even though we're um, in lockdown and um, there's a lot of fear, and insecurity, I, um, I kind of know that my psychological, my psychological mind is always going to be free, because I'm not bound by the circumstance. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. I'm not, it's not relating to an outcome. So then, then what that does is, is it just cuts those ties, like what I was saying before. 
because then there's more movement you're not restrained like if you're not bound to something happening or 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 you achieving something or your daughter acting like this or you know there's all sorts of things that we attach our well-being to and when we see the truth in it um that they don't give us a feeling anyway like yeah where does that feeling really come from then um we become psychologically free so that's yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh, at all? yes, 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 yes. I think people are going to find this really useful because in a sense, you're, what I get from that is once you see the illusion and the illusion being that there is real value in what I'm attaching myself to, once you see the illusion, it kind of just takes care of itself and drops. Um, and yeah. I kind of realized that just with my smartphone recently and kind of went on a retreat and got rid of it and and then found myself like withdrawal wise just kept wanting to like grab it and go on it and I kept asking myself why do I want to go on it because I want to you know get get texts from people and and receive validation and getting to the heart of that it made me realize ah that's again me outsourcing my well-being on other people and relying on the dependency of others and it just it goes really deep and that's why I think it's really kind of individual I guess for each person but the illusion is the same right and once I see through it mm. I can drop it and that's when I start to feel this I think innate resilience that I hear you talking about and I notice you have a, a quote on your which I love Albert Camus am I pronouncing that right on your website um uh Camus Camus oh, Cam- French <laughs> oh man I just butchered that Joe man I just said Camus oh my god um sorry Albert I'm very sorry so I was trying to sound really smart there and uh, that didn't work out well but that is it's so interesting that in these moments that I guess we feel so fearful of in your case a divorce or, or a breakup anything we often find our our resilience right in those moments we yeah. realize oh actually we're okay yeah 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 Fascinating. i've got a little bit of a theory Go on. that um everything kind of comes down to love or fear okay um and i think if you if you even take your example of your mobile phone and how you went on this retreat um and you were kind of first of all going on the retreat probably because you wanted to reconnect with the love for like yourself yep. or, or your environment. Yep. Um, but then you reached out for the phone because it was habitual, but also you wanted to feel the love probably from the number of likes that you have or the messages that you have or, you know, and I do the <laughs> same. Like I, I'm a bit like, yeah, so I posted something on Instagram or Facebook and I've got something like 152 likes and it kind of feels good, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, right. I have to say, it's really good. Yeah. Like, you, you, <laughs> you, oh, yeah. and, it, and it's nice, but knowing that actually those likes aren't really making me feel good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and knowing that that those likes are just the likes because that's not what's putting a feeling in me. What's putting a feeling in me is me thinking about those likes. Because if it was the other way around and I only had four likes, then I'd be feeling a bit rubbish and unloved if if it was true that those likes give me a feeling. Right. So, So it works both ways. And I think that's really important to understand that 
you like because quite often people strive to be happy and that's only one side of the coin um because maybe they're fearful of not being unhappy <laughs> but if you don't have the unhappy you're not going to feel the happy right it's just going to be a flat line it's like with my art if i don't have the contrast if i don't have the light with the dark it would just be one color like so you have to have that variance you have to have the whole spectrum wow so and i feel that love is on one end and fear is on another and and everything in between is is you know is is what connects connects the two Wow. My goodness, yeah. So, in that sense, it's it's kind of like your your relationship with the and I again I I don't find that the label like negative and positive good anymore. Really, these bad moments or uh, the sadness, mm. and, because. I feel like I've for so long, Joe. I've just wanted to shoo these moments away. I don't. I don't want any. They don't have any place in my life. And mm. now, um, after you know, befriending people like Thomas and having these conversations with you, it's just God. It's incredible because it. You do. You end up kind of getting in more of the the rhythm of the ebbing and flow of life in that the the good moments mm. you don't really cling on to right and these bad moments that I'm doing you can't see it through the the microphone but I'm doing bunny ears here the bad moments you yeah. don't re you don't really resist and and then that's when we're talking because you're not adding any thought to the bad moments which I find kind of it just adds fuel to the fire right and what was previously just a moment a, a blip becomes then a whole day or two months or three months and and maybe that's a good segue into into just thought because I know that based off my conversations with Thomas that you you I mean you you're the you work with iHeart so maybe we can talk a little mm -hmm. bit about your work with them and and I'd love to know actually because what you wish you would have got taught or told as a as a teenager as teenager joe what you, what you wish mm. you would have been taught and and kind of how that that's work is being exemplified here through iheart which is such a valuable program mm. yeah well yeah iheart has changed my life and at that one moment where i had the domino um two trajectories just kind of push, just, just falling um, yeah. away from me. Um, I had just written a paper on have smartphones killed a generation. Oh, really? And I was, yeah, and I was at a conference to do with my master's. And um, I was at a conference and I saw this poster that had this young girl, uh, probably about five or six year old, on a chalkboard that just said, um, what if we have everything we need inside question mark and that really sparked my interest mm. and um, I spoke to um, the the people by the poster and discovered it was iHeart okay. and found out a little bit about what they did told them about the paper that I had written and iHeart's mission is to um, essentially create a paradigm shift 
so that all young people can um, be in touch with their innate resilience and well-being. And um, this is something that is everyone's birthright and there, is no, there are no exceptions. <laughs> and iHeart have written a curriculum which I uh, have basically helped um, film and document because I work on the marketing team of, the I, of iHeart. Um, so this curriculum is going into schools in and around the world right now. Yeah. And it's literally just the momentum is really, really happening now. Um, we've reached, I think we've uh, reached over six and a half thousand children. Wow. Um, we've trained about 400 teachers. We've been in about 150 schools around the world. Um, and we have also trained a number of facilitators around the world. So what's happening is we're training people up to deliver um, the curriculum that can help children see that they are um, like literally kind of what, what I paint, they're free, you know, they're, 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 they're free to be themselves, um, their true selves, their, their ultimate self. And um, yeah, it's really, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal nonprofit to uh, oh, yeah. be involved with. So I am, yeah, really, really great, really grateful. Yeah, and in terms of, just to draw it back to the, the other, I asked a couple of questions there. Um, teenage Joe, <coughs> excuse me, Teenager Joe, you're at school. Can mm. we just talk a little bit about, and specifically, what it is that you feel is, is missing and what, like, I heart, what it brings to the table, because it, it really is the missing piece, and I firmly believe that. So, Teenager Joe um, tried to basically kill herself. Um, I took an overdose, and um, if I would have known, and it didn't make sense, and this was the, this was the turning point, because if I would have known at age 14 um, why I wasn't happy, yeah. um, then things would have been different. Because at age 14, I had everything. I had loving parents, um, uh, loving family, um, very privileged kind of upbringing, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, really fortunate, very grateful. Um, but I just, something wasn't, I mean, I didn't have an amazing amount of friends, so I can't say my friendship group was was brilliant. But essentially, I felt like on paper, I had all the ingredients to have a really good, happy lifestyle, and I wasn't happy. And what iHeart teaches is that, well, you know what? If you're outsourcing your well-being to um, the fact that you've got a happy, um, a happy home, a loving parents, a nice privileged upbringing, if you think that that equals happiness, then you're looking in the wrong direction. Because what I learned now was those are just things, those are circumstances, and the circumstances can't put a feeling in you. It's an inside job. Your feelings come from the inside. And it's their kind of lens, it's whatever lens you're looking out of that gives your experience. So the lens that I was looking out of just wasn't stacking up because I felt like I should be feeling different and I didn't fit in. Um, yeah. Now I see that what we teach can help these kids because they're so their, their world is far more complicated than our world was. Um, yeah, so like if they see that it's, you know, you, you're free to think whatever you want despite what is going on 
and despite your circumstance, I think that that, that just is ho- as a hopeful message for them. Yeah. Definitely. And what do you think about, you wrote a paper on smartphone, which, by the way, I'd love to, if we can, if it is available for public domain, if we could reference that and also take a read of it myself, please. If that's all right. I don't know if that's available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. And what would you say, like, because now I just see technology as being what's well, just so, it's in every child's hands in a way. And I wondered how that plays a part in in a child's well-being and whether you've thought about that yourself and I don't know you have children yourself and how has that impact do you is do you have rules or do you see it being a negative um thing or addictive thing if anything and what was your research on as well I'd love to know more well, it was uh, it was it was to do with the masters, so it was just looking at in a kind of a contextually um, in a, in a basically what was, I was looking at filters and how what we see isn't the truth and it's a curated story, and I think it's still true today with my kids. Obviously, we're all addicted to our phones, <laughs> yes, you know, but like like so it's great that you've gone away and you haven't had your phone for a week or so um I think my children would go potty if I said that to them um and it's 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 about having a healthy relationship with something but also knowing that what you see isn't the truth it's like there's I don't know if you've seen that image of an apple and um it's it's a green apple facing a mirror but behind it's got like the core eaten out of it and it's a, so so you're kind of seeing you're seeing the perfect apple from one side but then the half eaten apple on mm. the other and that's just what i feel like with with filters and with um all of these social medias and the number of likes and it's about we we just have to educate them rather than condition them just educate them on healthy usage and how the likes don't matter yeah <laughs> um even though it seems like they do <laughs> you know yeah. so it's, it's a constant it's a constant conversation yeah it's just so hard isn't it when the feeling comes and it just feels so real right it just feels so solid this feeling and it's it's just very hard i think for particularly children but like even adults to to kind of gauge that this is a, a it's not something that like it's happening outside of us it's not hap- it's not reality it's it's not fundamental to our well-being but unfortunately mm. the, the addictiveness i find um which I'm, I'm on a, so i'm on a nokia now by the way so i actually haven't gone back are you yeah <laughs> i'm on that flip phone wow. yeah I'm, i've gone old school um, so yeah you can only reach me by text or email guys by the way uh, but yeah no it's it's been interesting but then i was kind of thinking what now that I've renounced the smartphone, am I not kind of just giving it more power, you know, cause, but I do feel like at this point, I see myself as being in recovery from it, to be honest, like, that's how bad it was for me. Um, but I understand that in order to function in today's world, for example, I mean, you do need a laptop, and the minimum, you know, sort of if you've got your mm. own business. And so I'm just wondering how we build healthy relationships. It's kind of like, I saw it as me like being a, a smoker trying to quit smoking whilst smoking. <laughs> That's the way I saw it. But right. I understand that we've got to we've got to smoke if we're using that as the analogy. Some at some points during our lives, given that the way that modern life kind of functions. But yeah, I don't know how to build a healthy relationship with something until I've kind of relinquished the power that it has over me. 
um, and then I can start to use it healthily. But I do, I, I completely agree with you. I think it is in the relationship, right? It's not, it's not the drug itself. It's in the relationship the user has with the drug, that old saying. I think it's just about like making wise choices and using things, using things in a wise way, not a dependent way. Right. With this awareness, I guess, you start to realize the clear intention behind why you're doing things and and you start to realize oh actually I'm doing this because I'm dependent on it rather than I'm doing it because I want to or it's fulfilling um is that has that happened in your life as you had started to wake up you your what you were doing in your life began to change or was it the same things you were doing but you were just doing them as a kind of diff with a different mindset I'm just curious about that no, everything's changed. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, no, pretty much everything's changed. Obviously, I'm still me, but the way that I show up in my life, in my world, has changed. And I think that, that yeah, it's it's amazing to, to see the transformation when without me doing anything to trans transform myself. Yeah. I mean, that's the irony. It's like I'm, I've, I've literally, instead of doing something, I'm just peeling layers off. Wow. Like, I'm just... Uncut, like seriously I'm just taking off oh yeah that label that I gave myself or this label or you know and what's happening along the way is it's it's almost quite magnetic because it, it, it's like I'm I'm kind of igniting a purpose and creativity and a passion in other people um who are who are seeing what I'm saying and it's resonating and it's lighting something up in them and um, it's it's quite amazing to see. I had messages from some people. I um, I'm starting to do this art alignment coaching thing, yeah. um, coaching course, and um, I'm just doing a little trial run on Friday actually. But I gave someone a quick taster a couple of weeks ago, and she messaged me. She said, "Oh, look, you know, just telling me about this." Um, scheduling idea that you had has really helped and now I'm able to you know, identify my goals of, of my month my yeah. week my day so whether it's a practical sense of organization and organization isn't my strong point at all but yeah. I, I kind of like I, I manage this organization with the creativity because quite often creative people are like floating around in their own little creative world which is great but you've actually got to get stuff done yeah. and it's true. It's true. <laughs> so so what I'm what I'm offering is this way of them aligning their art with their purpose or their creativity with their purpose with their vision and um, then I just think that they're going to be their ultimate self. And that is about peeling away the layers and showing your vulnerability and being compassionate and standing strong mm. and just doing your best. That's all we do. We just always do our best. Mm. That's all I do anyway. <laughs> Love it. How, what, that's, what, what effect has this had on your relationships then? Because you mentioned, because you know, as you've changed, I can imagine that people around you perhaps began to change. Yeah, um, I think that it's it's certainly surprised my parents who I used to like literally listen and take their advice and do whatever they said. Yeah. And now it's this, it's like I'm my own person and it's nice to have mum and dad saying, oh, you know, they're amazed that I'm doing this and that and they're so supportive and it's really nice, but like it, 
it's wonderful to have that, but it's not something that I'm actively looking for an approval or um, like I don't need, yeah, I don't need validation because I'm, I'm so secure in, in who I am that other people it can, can see it and it, it just, I mean, the kids, they're looking, they see that I'm showing up differently. Mm. I, you're not as stressed. You are stressed, but you're not as stressed. Yeah. Uh, with life things like if things happen they happen if people judge just let them judge I see people like going around this like hamster wheel and it's just like wow that's such hard work what's going on in your head oh. wow <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah but and I'm like okay wow <laughs> like it's it's interesting to just see how people just go on these uh, this like hamster wheel of thought and, and and unhelpful thinking. Yeah, yeah, blimey. Yeah, you mentioned about goals as well. I wondered, um, is that something, so are you quite goal orientated? Do you set goals for yourself in terms of uh, with your art or business in general? Um, yeah, I'd like to, I like to, especially more recently, um, I like to really get quite specific yeah. because things are happening now and it's been about 10 years of hard work within the art world. Someone messaged me on Instagram, so how did you get a gallery? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I just got given one, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, well, you might need to find that one out for yourself. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Give me a gallery, but, please, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is important to have goals. I I think, especially now, like I'm I'm what I would describe as a conscious entrepreneur. Um, so I am like not not just in it, kind of for, for a financial reward. I'm in it for um, like for the good of like, you know, the good of the world. <laughs> like, I, I really want to help people. Um, and, and, and it's happening. People are understanding things from a different, from a different perspective. So I do have a mission. Um, so yes, I've got goals. And I'm quite specific about my monthly goals. Um, and my, yeah, I haven't got a five-year plan yet. I need to do that, but I'm too busy with my, with my year, year plan. <laughs> Your year plan, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, Joe, how can, how can people check you out online? Um, you've, your show, your upcoming show, can people book to go see it? It's on for the next month, right? Yeah, it's on until December the 12th. It's a Avivson Gallery in Highgate. Okay. Um, and they can, I have scheduled, I've just said, I've just launched a new website, uh, joannagilbert.com. Yeah. Um, we've just updated it and now you can purchase from it as well, which is really cool. Oh, nice. Um, so you can schedule appointments, gallery appointments um, on the days that I'm going to be at the gallery. And I'm, it's like half an hour meet the artist appointment. So come down and meet me and let me show you my, let me show you the work that I've created and talk to you a little bit more about it. So it's, that's a really nice way of having a look or just have a look on, on the website and my Instagram and Facebook are all linked on there. So the easiest thing is joannagilbert.com, I reckon, head there first. Yeah. 
Okay, amazing. Yeah, all the links will be in the uh, the show notes. But Joe, I've got to say, this has been one of my favourite podcasts. So thank you oh. so much for coming on. No, it really has. I've just been making notes and trying to digest everything. But I'm definitely going to be listening back to this one a couple of times. So I, I just, I really appreciate you coming on. And I know for a fact that there will be a lot of people out there who will find this useful, really useful stuff. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Will. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. Well, there we go. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed that. And do keep an eye out. We've got lots more content to come. Um, really excited to be releasing it. And as always, it's just such a pleasure to be doing this. So thank you so much. And I'll see you soon, guys. <laughs>